0: I'm Dr. Vanessa Sinclair, and this is Rendering Unconscious. My guest today is Dr. Walter Davis, Professor Emeritus at Ohio State University. Dr. Davis is also an actor and playwright, as well as a psychoanalyst, professor, and theoretician. His books include Art and Politics, Psychoanalysis. Ideology, and Theater. Death's Dream Kingdom, The American Psyche Since 9-11. Get the Guests, Psychoanalysis, Modern American Drama, and the Audience. And Inwardness and Existence, Subjectivity in, and Hegel, Heidegger, Marx, and Freud. Rendering Unconscious is also a book. Rendering Unconscious Psychoanalytic Perspectives, Politics, and Poetry. From Trapart Books 2019. For more, please visit our publisher's website, That's trapart.net. That's T R A P A R T.net. You can support the podcast by visiting our Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash V-A-N-E-S-S-A two, three, C-A-R-L. Your support is greatly appreciated. For more information, you can also visit my website, drvanessasinclair.net, or the podcast main website, renderingunconscious.org. Links to everything can be found in the text accompanying this episode.
1: Good morning. My name is Walter A. Davis. Everything you need to know about me, you can find at my website, www.walteradavis.com. I'm trying to condense reams of material, which would probably end up being a book if I could only summon the disgust that would have to inform every sentence of it, because my subject is the Donald Trump and American fascism as a psychoanalytic phenomenon, and what art must become as the only mode of conscience adequate to that situation enough. Let me begin with uh, a dedication. This is for Lenny, and uh, with a memory. Growing up in the 50s, my father was a uh, chief petty officer in the Navy, both parents uh, American patriots, but I was obsessed with this uh, question, what would they have done had they lived in Hitler's Germany. Given the terms that they applied constantly to Jews and to Blacks, I had to reach the sad conclusion. But that question is a question we must ask of ourselves today. What will I do in the next week, in the next months, in the next years, now that we are within a fascist moment in our politics. Uh, Call me a a hardline Freudian, but I want to suggest, again, leaving out much, that the sexual disorder at the heart of Trump and the political disorder at the heart of his war on the environment, which is really the deep untold story of the Trump years, that these two things are in correspondence to one another, the sexual disorder, grab them by the pussy. Let's get inside that statement and we see that it is an assertion of power over an object that you can treat uh, in a way that amounts to rape. Deeper than that, you thereby enact the manic triad of triumph contempt and dismissal, thereby solidifying what is the deepest need of your psyche, surplus cruelty. The same is true of Trump's ecocide. side He's, uh, Over 100 environmental rules have been passed in the Trump administration, all to further destroy our planet. What could that destruction mean? Well, on one hand, it means the end of the fossil fuel era. Uh, And they're now having a fire sale because if they can't pump everything that they can use out of our Mother Earth, what the hell's a capitalism for? The ultimate drive is to destroy the planet. What I would call Trump is our first encopretic president. You may all know encopresis is a condition that often befalls young people who have an enormous amount of anger and anxiety in them, so they need to have shit storms all the time and their crap comes out in great explosions. What is the daily tweet but that? What is everything but Trump needs? that of a man who wakes up every morning, and I'm sure his first thought is, what am I going to shit on today? Uh, The need is, and now I want to get deeper into that psyche, and uh, as a footnote, there's a book that 27 shrinks of various persuasions put together where they informed us uh, in great timidity that Trump was a pathological narcissist who had a somewhat sadistic personality. Well, you can go a lot deeper. The deepest need of Trump is evacuation of the poisons that he has inside, and he has to shit them out on somebody else. That's why projection and denial informs everything he ever says in his campaign of lies, from which he derives great pleasure. The deepest drive of such a personality that needs to evacuate lest it implode and drown in his own shit, is to release a massive amount of thanatos, of death, of death work, to have that become completely unbound in a rage to destroy that makes Iago look like a Christian fundamentalist. Uh, the need is for a massive gutter dummerung in which the mad exploding of your psyche is uh, is released on otherness. And the otherness of, to think of Iago again, that which in its life hath a daily beauty that makes you ugly. That's how ugly Trump is. Now, it's interesting that such a psyche corresponds to fundamentalist religion and to the white supremacist movement, the two primary groups that find in Trump the leader that enables their uh, abiding fear as losers who are in resentment that has filled them with a rage toward uh, Western intellectual liberated life. They all meet in the leader and find a kind of uh, excess uh, enjoyment in his rallies which are expressions in which Thanatos is eroticized in all sorts of ways that debase uh, them. And as we now know, have become spreaders of the disease, the COVID. And what is the COVID? (laughs) Trump loves this part because he says, how dare nature weaponize itself against us? The COVID is most likely a result of the fossil fuel era of factory farming, and the ways that those two forces have forced species closer together, thus enabling new diseases to jump, new viruses to jump from one animal to another and into us. And the best way that that happens is as the wet markets in China, where the rich white capitalists and others go because, man, it's not a full day unless I get to eat a mongoose tonight or a that's ass teriyaki style. Fossil capitalism is the desire to appropriate everything that is useful in the earth and dump on the rest. Uh, as you probably know, uh, the big thing behind this is Exxon Putin and the desire to uh, natural gas the Arctic into submission. Uh, By the way, you all know that natural gas, and here we have to give Obama credit too, natural gas is said to be the transition fuel from coal and oil to the great green future. It is the worst possible use uh, fuel that you could ever get. And I'll return to the evidence for that. Uh, We've now reached with the rallies, by the way, the situation in which Trump is a serial mass murderer. But I want to turn the page uh, to try to shift to a final description of what the fascist order is as a politics. It's the destruction of fact, Fox Americana. Public discourse becomes rhetorical incitement to violence. Science is rejected. We live in, to put this all in the memorable terms of Kellyanne Conway, we live in the world of alternative facts, or as I prefer to call it, alternative fucks. The transformation of our legal system becomes a matter where the right uh, imposes its values on the rest of the country while claiming to be constitutional originalist. The plain meaning of the scripture, folks, as if it didn't have to be interpreted. The holy trinity of fascism thus reigns uh, in the private life too: racism, sexism, and xenophobia. The evisceration of all government departments and agencies, the use of tweets as the means of communication with a collective psyche ruled by hate, fear, and an aggrieved sense of victimage, corporatism as economic and taxation policy, uh, and what fascism really is. The substitution of conditions of force for principles of discourse. Orwell's boot applied to all situations. That is so that the fascist psyche of narcissistic grandiosity can rule in destruction unbound. That perverted sexuality imposed on everything, thereby a world of any inner emptiness and malignant envy projects itself as surplus cruelty, and cruelty is the ultimate need of the fascist psyche, just as compassion is the ultimate need of the resistance. Uh, uh, What we have today is a situation where our primary genocide is ecocide, and as we know, Trump is fast climbing uh, the list of the great mass murderers of history. With that as background, I want to switch to something else as a way of helping us understand what this means in deeper terms, because what is the role of art in such an order? Well, first of all, it's to expose it and to refuse any of the guarantees that we might impose on art as a way to limit or resolve it or deliver us from it. One of the great plays in the American theater is Thornton Wilder's Art Town. You may only know it through sappy high school productions, I suggest you reread it. The play was first performed in 1937. It was set in 1901, I like to think of the possibility of an Art Town Redux, set in the year 2020. And I like to think of it in terms of, first, the role of the stage manager, who in that play was a kind of chorus. So let me begin with him. Please, let me introduce myself. I'm a man of wealth and fame, but what's eaten you is the nature of my game." And so the play begins now with the scene of Trump, now 200 years old. Remember that doctor said he was so healthy he could live 200 fucking years. Trump, 200 years old, grown to massive form looks kind of like Jabba the Hut uh, in Star Wars, inside a glass booth like the Sybil in Elliot. But this glass booth is not to protect him from an assassin's bullet. It's to protect the rest of the world from what happens the moment he wakes up and methane begins to stream from his every orifice. Methane, especially when he opens his mouth to speak or tweet, he will drown. But they will also be pumped to the one place left in 2100, where the capitalists, the rich, have sought higher ground to deliver them from all the things that they have wrought. Remember, they always seek higher ground. But here, magical realism being what it is, all of Trump's methane go into ducts that go straight to those houses of the rich where they are enclosed to protect themselves from the world they've created. And they will slowly be destroyed by that same methane gas. Justice, baby. Now, our stage manager has many metamorphoses in which he assumes different roles. One of them is as someone who knows that the alternative to alternative fucks is to understand history in terms of tipping points and the way in which in tipping points a small change may produce vast exponential changes so that to keep up with what's happening in the world, you have to think in terms of time zero and the future catastrophe. Uh, tipping points, for example, such as uh, connects the rainforest being destroyed by good old bolts and arrow, the droughts and burnings that will happen there, California today on fire and uh, suffering the winds of the apocalypse the Arctic reduction of sea ice that will produce more and more rising of waters, the circulation of the stream in the Atlantic that will be turned back against itself, the fires and pest changes in the boreal forest, the dying off of coral reefs, the thawing permafrost, which may eventually raise our sea levels 10 or 20 feet. Uh, The West Antarctic ice loss accelerating, the same in Greenland and East Antarctica. The habitat destruction that is going to produce future uh, pandemics. Uh, By the way, uh, uh, Obama's people passed on a 59-page book to the Trump people uh, uh, about how to handle the first coming pandemic. They uh, shit-canned it. Uh, The larger problem we face here is not just fossil fuels, but factory farming. Uh, Not only is fracking the worst ever fuel source, given the methane leaks, the poisoning of waters, the spreading of cancers, the destruction of habitat, but factory farming is responsible for 51% of our CO2 uh, uh, emissions. One pound of beef uh, requires 2,500 gallons of water. Fossil last year used uh, 100 billion gallons of water. Factory farming used 34 trillion. The rainforest is being burned one acre a second. 116 pounds of animal excrement, excrement are visited upon the U.S each second. You see where I'm going with this. Facts are instructions in madness. And the only way to keep up with the world is to become a manic jumping being in which your own consciousness shatters like a kaleidoscope with each image that is the only way of internalizing each new fact. You may remember that Artaud said, an image is true insofar as it is violent, and that violence being something that takes away all the defenses that protect the psyche from knowing the truth. Well, every fact that we can get on our environment is that kind of image if we internalize it. Do you know what the biggest carbon footprint, and each of us, and we'll get a chance to do this later, needs to uh, weigh our carbon footprint so that we can know, (laughs) not just about how bad the ecocidal rulers are, but what we contribute to the destruction of our planet so that we can find out what is the justice that we should practice on ourselves. Do you know what the biggest carbon footprint is? Having a child. 58.6 tons of emissions per year, that amounts to. Think it over. Of course, Amy will want us to have more and more children. If we look at the worst countries in terms of their continuing pollution activities, we can find that if you follow the path of China, The temperature will rise to 3.5 degrees, but if you follow the path of the U.S., we're going to hit four, baby, and you don't... Well, I'll give you a little peek, a Pisgah vision of four a little bit later in this talk. The fact is the only way to internalize history, to be constantly in a state of an awareness that is like Pynchon's Byron the bulb, where you get to the point where continuing to be aware is a masochistic act, and yet one that you must nevertheless continue because it's the only way to protect yourself from a suicidal depression. And as you all know, Trump's basic, plan has been to get us all in PTSD so that we capitulate. Capitulate to a situation where in 212 there were 7 billion people on the earth and 70 billion farm animals. Do you know that chickens have doubled in size since 1970? and that humans eat 65 billion chickens per year, I have in my wallet a picture of one of those chickens, a picture of a life spent in paralytic agony. I carry it with me so that I'll never eat another piece of meat. Do you know that if cows were a country, they'd rank third in CO2 emissions worldwide? Do you know that the Paris uh, attempt to hold things to two degrees warming required that individuals have a CO2 budget that must not exceed 2.1 metric tons per year? Well, the global average is 4.45, but we're number one, folks. The average American is 19.8 metric tons per year. In 2011, Syria descended into chaos 1 million refugees. Projections are that in the year 2050, there will be 140 million to 1 billion refugees. And uh, current estimates are that we may be able to halt things at a 3.5 degrees Celsius temperature increase. I'll return to the world that will give you. But we're Americans and our primary activity is waste, junk, the next object that we discard in our rush to the next desire fulfilled only to produce that ravenous emptiness that must find something else. Do you know that two-thirds of the American energy that we use is wasted? that one-fourth to one-third of our food is wasted? You know that U.S. soil erosion is now 10 times higher than replenishment? So it goes. So it goes. 2.1 billion today in the world have no access to to safe water. 10,000 die daily from air pollution. The Arctic drilling will release frozen viruses, another source of pandemics to come. If you want to know how fracking fucks communities, go to Dimmick, Pennsylvania, or Dish, Texas. 5% of the fracking wells fail immediately, 50% within 30 years. But this is all fake news, right, folks? Well, here's some fake news for you. Science magazine reviewed 928 peer reviewed articles on climate change to find out that there were zero percent of scientists who doubted it. Popular press, in contrast, in 636 articles during the same time, had a 53 percent doubt of global warming. The primary people responsible for What is going to be done to the poorest people in the world, those in Bangladesh, for example, all the other cities that will be drowned, that the primary cause of this is the American way of life. Remember Bush the first, when he went to an environmental conference, he said, the American way of life is not negotiable. (sighs) That's what's called fracking the planet. We find again and again that people say, well, if we did this or that, or if we cut back on this or that, it would destroy our way of life. We'd have to pay too much for our energy. We wouldn't be able to gorge ourselves on Big Macs, which, by the way, may cost you $4 at McDonald's, but it costs you $7 more in tax subsidies to produce that hamburger. Ain't capitalism great. If food waste were a country, it would rank third as a pollution emitter. Recently, a young whale was found with 220 pounds of plastic crap in its gut. We are producing a plastic ocean, and the only justice there is that we've all, any of us who eat fish, now have plastic within us, too. I could go on and on and on as if I were... Some masochist who in love with some horror show, but I got a better horror show for us. I got the other section of the our town redux, a section that begin that ha, that is kind of a kind of a museum of the various victors of the Trump world and where they end up, because we always want with Time's Arrow to see where things end. And so we return first for our first exhibit to Trump in his glass booth being visited by Ivanka, so that they can do the Cordelia Lear scene, come, let's away to prison, we too shall sing like birds in the cage. I guess it's tweet like birds in the cage. But they're interrupted by Melania entering dressed as Eva Braun to give Donnie his daily nutrition. The only nutrition he gets that keeps him alive as he gears up for another day of... uh, grabbing whatever he can by the pussy. We switch then, however, to a comic scene. There is, believe it or not, a group now called WhiteDate.net, which offers the Proud Boys and the Promise Keepers and all the other white supremacist clowns a chance to find women. If you see a picture of any of these dudes out there with their guns and their big bellies at 25 and their dumb ass faces, you know that the key problem in these guys is they could never get a date in high school and they can't get laid now. But we're going to try to help them with that. And so our second exhibit is the Charlize Theron, Anti Lysistrata City Hawkins Day, Date a Proud Boy Day. And what you do on that day is Charlize Theron will gently help these guys understand why they are whiners and losers and crybabies and suckers and that their happiness as a warm gun will not deliver them from the cold, limp thing between their legs, which can only rise at the prospect of revenge. What I ask us all to do if we want a, both a hilarious and a terrifying moment, is to let ourselves imagine Trump or one of the Proud Boys making love. Triumph, contempt, and dismissal. But we now switch to a much larger perspective in which we are not, find ourselves in the Valley of Megiddo, where all of the fundamentalists who support Trump have gathered together in expectation of the rapture. And you know what the rapture is? It's the COVID. The COVID is Holy Ghost power. And so they're all out there gathered together in the ultimate rally, where from Peter's chair, Pence anoints the saved. Oh, all of this is on television, by the way beamed into all American homes. It's the only thing you're allowed to watch, thanks to Pat Robertson, Franklin Graham, and Falwell. Uh, This is the only broadcasting station now, the Christian broadcasting station. Amy Coney Island of the Mind Barrett is holding the Sunday morning service in which everyone speaks in tongues, to the tune of stand by or behind your white male man as the saved are anointed with cow's blood and pig's blood by William Barr. This is all brought to you in terms of a much deeper need. Life within the womb is sacred, more sacred than anything else. Life outside the womb is, well, fuck you. It's universal death. And you know why? Jesus is lonely. He wants people up there with him. You can, I could go on and on with this uh, because I think part of the problem we face is not only that we continue to accord religion any respect whatsoever, but that we forget that its deepest impulse is cruelty. That's why William Barr loves to quote Aquinas. Aquinas and Aquinas proof of the necessity of hell. And we're going to return to that hell when we move back to our Earth everything outside Megiddo. Hell is necessary, Aquinas says, because part of the pleasure, the jouissance, if you will, of the saved in heaven is to see, to experience the sufferings of the damned. So there you have it, folks. The sexuality of fundamentalism, like the sexual... And Amy, I got to say... Unfortunately, I went to a Catholic college, and uh, Amy was the kind of gal I dated then, and I can tell you, it's a hard chair and a hemorrhoid. The drive is to take whatever erotic energies there may be, even in Amy, and convert them into an eroticization of death. Yep. Freud was under something when he saw Eros and Thanatos as the ultimate competitors in the human drama. Thanatos is, is that reigning of an unbound destructiveness that needs to project that as the way of turning Eros into its opposite. And so you can expect that, uh, <laughs> oh Christ, any act of sex not open to the transmission of death is a sin against the Holy Ghost. Well, we got to switch back to something much deeper still, because you didn't think you were going to get off the hook, did you? And so we have a booth in our fantasy world, where everyone gets to discover their own carbon tax. And this one, I even have to find a page I've got down here somewhere. Well, I can't find it, so I'll have to wing it. What we do in this thing is somebody from the audience is called up each night uh, from the play, and they are asked to take the series of questions that will help them determine their their carbon tax, that is the tax you must pay for the amount of carbon your lifestyle emits in the further pollution of the planet. Uh, And, you know, you can start simply, ask people if they eat meat, how much they eat a day, if they use dairy, if they drive a car, how much they waste and throw away, how many kids they have, how much, how long they've, uh, Uh, been polluters of this sort. But then you get to a deeper carbon footprint, the carbon footprint of your belief system. To what degree has your fundamentalist Christianity contributed to saying, fuck you, to the planet? To what degree has your capitalism done so? Are you Republican? There's an extra tax for that. Though Democrats are highly taxed in this matter, too. Do you use... Uh, products with palm oil in them. Palm oil being the third biggest emitter and the reason for the destruction of habitats. Uh, you can go on and on. Uh, and to get your tax right, you don't just, <laughs> we should have the Beatles on the tax man playing as background in this, by the way. To get your tax right, you got to go all the way back to the beginning. And then you got to go all the way forward, because you know what the deepest meaning of time's arrow is? It's that our responsibility for the future that we create is unending. Good old Ronnie Reagan, and there's a logical progression from Reagan to Bush to Trump. Good old Ronnie said, the future is now. Live now. Enjoy the future and screw everybody afterwards. Well, the future is what happens once you commit yourself to that kind of life. And so you have to talk about every dimension of your lifestyle, everything you do, everything you believe. And we do this in questions in the play so that we get finally uh, to uh, uh, assessing that particular person's carbon debt. Then comes the act of justice, Uh, and the act of justice in our play is uh, enacted by Shylock, who comes forward at this point and takes off whatever layers of the flesh-eating human being that need to be taken off in order that there be justice. Uh, There is another justice, of course, and it comes by way of a moral imperative it is now the case with respect to food so eat that your every meal might become a universal law we're moving toward uh, by the way there are endless exhibits in this great hall and uh, some of them we could move through very quickly there's an amon goth today is history speech which in our play will be given uh, per, uh, forever by Mr. Trump. Uh, Guth, you may remember, is the character in Schindler's list who on the day he's destroying the Polish ghetto, says that by the end of this day it will no longer exist. Today is history. Well, Trump's version is he takes every name that can be applied to Obama and remove everything that could ever indicate that he had been in history and it's now xed out. There's many other short ones. There's the, the, the Mike Lee uh, roast. There's the uh, 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 In- Inhofe snowball fight. There's many other things. But I got to move on to the last of the exhibits that I'm going to discuss here because I want to move back into a conceptual uh, yield from this artistic Uh, game I've been playing. And you notice the game is you got to find the art form that is appropriate to the historical situation. And I think in our time, it is this kind of fantasia that offers nothing but surreal, violent images that You want to plant within the psyche so that you can't return to any of the guarantees of resolution that helped you to deny your historical situation. Well, our last one is the grand uh, uh, event of 2100, uh, the 80th annual Fecal Bowl. The two teams uh, uh, this time, and they're the only beachfront properties left are the Denver gerbils and the Chicago roadkill. Uh, As halftime celebration, there's an enactment of the Great great Hamburger Stampede, Uh, since today, Fecal Day, is the only day that meat can be eaten. And so everyone dives into a gigantic hamburger, which turns out to be a pile of Trump shit at halftime. And they come up, and this is kind of like in Pump's Pope's Dunciad for you literary types. They come up uh, with Trump shit coming out of their mouths and let the games begin because the games are now held in a stadium uh, called Mar-a-Lago, by the way, that is on a uh, city on a hill part of what's left of the United States because the wall, which is which Trump finally finished, kind of like in Kafka's Great Wall of China, but this one was finally finished completely surrounding the United States, but it's moved inward. It's compressed over time so that the only thing left is the Denver-Chicago nexus, that wall closing in, pressing in on all our hearts as the number of refugees between 400 And 50 million and 1 billion are crowding in upon us, that wretched refuse of the rising waters that will overcome the walls, washing all of them in. Uh, It's interesting to note that if projections continue, by the year 2100, there will be 28 billion people on the planet, a planet that can only sustain 8 billion. And so we probably should call... Uh, This part of our play, No Planet B, as those waters crash, as the wall closes, we shift to that final scene where the rich, who've always gone to high ground in their gated community, safe, protected from all of the terrible things they have done to others, safe in their cruelty, now Begin their heat death as the methane grows in its compression to achieve the kind of temperatures that are in about nine hundred and fifty cities at this time uh, by twenty fifty temperatures of ninety five degrees plus most of the year unsafe to go out water shortages etc fevers dengue and Malaria spreading wildly, and all of this becomes their California of the mind. Don't you wish they all could be California girls, California dreaming, California as it is today, the harbinger of what's going to happen everywhere. California, where the earth is on fire and the wind's. Blowing out of paradise, ha ha, the winds are spreading that fire and it will engulf them all and here we get to see the rich on their knees praying for deliverance and the only deliverance they get is to suck down the results of their own cruelty. And so our play ends with that as the final vision as our stage manager takes off the various masks he's worn. And this I can only tell you briefly because every part of this play has to have different voices. At one point, he's Lenny Bruce, returned. At another point, he's a fundamentalist preacher. Holy Ghost! pa. At one point, he's just a folksy guy. At another point, he's Travis Pickles, are you talking to me? At one point, he's a suicidal terrorist. At another point, he's Hamlet, Howard Beale, and maybe a female therapist trying to help those poor white boys. Well, there's only one thing to say in view of that, and that is can we find a way back to the concept? You might call what's happened in the last 20 minutes or so what Claudius says of Hamlet, this is mere madness and for a while the fit will work upon him. And yet maybe that fit contains through images thoughts beyond the reaches of our souls. There's a wonderful statement that I ran into recently by a psychoanalyst named Justin Frank. And so to draw to an end with you, Polonius, Frank says, without pursuing truth, your psyche shrinks. That's what's happening. That's what the abolition of anything but hoax, fake news, alternative fucks, the destruction of knowledge, science, The creation of a vast bureaucracy in which no one can think is developing. Oh, and also the way in which everything now is the momentary pleasure of tweeting or whatever to your friends that you just had, a a, a latte that you want to share with them. All of this is the reduction of consciousness to the moment And the impossibility of internalizing any experience that doesn't produce some uh, evanescent narcissistic sense of well-being to cover up the vast emptiness of a psyche that shrinks because it can't pursue truth. Because how do you pursue truth? There's three ways. You pursue it by thinking. But what is thinking today? Well... It's the attempt to comprehend our history in terms of ultimate values. It's an attempt to purge all the guarantees that deliver us from our utter responsibility for history. It's an attempt to realize what is today perhaps the most abused term, the existential. We talk about existential threats today, not knowing that's a redundancy. But we don't have any idea what existence is. Existence is an absolute responsibility for your very being as it is at issue and at risk in terms of what you do, in terms of how you respond to the one world you have. Because once you get rid of the guarantees, nothing's going to deliver you from your existence. And the only full realization of that existence is to internalize the tragic. The tragic, not as uh, the ways you've been taught to contain it as something that happens to great men because of a flaw and gives you the catharsis of pity and fear and all that jazz. The tragic is the understanding of the depth of our collective responsibility for a world that we've created out of those desires we founded impossible to refuse. And in this sense, Trump is a somewhat ultimate figure. To pursue truth is to internalize our situation in a way that makes us exist in utter responsibility. I began this by saying that Trump is a fascist. That is not a term I use readily because I think it is not just a term that helps you define something and satisfy the other ostrichs in the scholarly world that you can uh, get refined in your, in your definitions. To call someone a fascist is to tell yourself that you have no choice in the face of that, but to act, to eliminate that fascism by whatever means necessary, as Malcolm X would say. Perhaps that's the situation we will all face very soon. It's the most painful situation perhaps that we can face because we know that no matter how bad it gets, no matter how bad it gets, the machine just went black for a second. I must have uh, oh it was it was the Kaaba melting as a result of the heat death of the planet. I'm sorry. Uh, Maybe eventually all these recordings will melt too. Yeah, let's go. I still got a few minutes to spend with you uh, in this kaleidoscope of suffering that I call my heart. Uh, In its continued attempt to create the fantasies of a jurisprude who would see people get what they deserve, And it would, and this is something that inspires a sort of despair in me, that there's still in me some attempt to say we can turn this mother around, we can face all of this, we can know, and we can act on the results of our knowledge without delay, without lies, without finding a way to make a separate piece. But let me, in concluding, and oh, am I going to, when I repay this, replay this, am I going to find the things I've left out of it? Let me, in concluding, give you what I hope to draw out at length to show you What a world at 2 degrees, 3 degrees, 4 degrees, 5 degrees, and 6 degrees. Because we might uh, get all the way to a 6 Celsius rise in temperatures, and then we'll sail well beyond that until the world is purged of the human being. Remember, the Earth always finally wins. But maybe next time, when... It begins to evolve again. It will not let this scourge be part of that order. But here's here's uh, since I can't draw out all the details of each rise in that temperature, there's a good book by a man named Linus on that, uh, which you might take a look at. Uh, I want to suggest that at two degree. I want to suggest the appropriate songs for each. This will give you a kind of morning chuckle after all the thing. What do they say in Dust? They ask you first the suffering, then the pancakes. These are the pancakes, folks. At two degrees, we got having a heat wave, a tropical heat wave. And we have a statue of Marilyn Monroe with her dress blown sky high. Uh, At three degrees, we got Peggy Lee coming back to sing. Everybody's got the fever. Fever, something you should know. Mm-hmm-hmm. You give me fever. At four degrees, we got California dreaming on such a summer day, and which they all could be California girls. At number five, we get transformed into uh, a atonal Schoenbergian. Uh, work something like his survivor of Warsaw, the Beatles singing, Here comes the sun, doo do 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 finally, at six degrees, we get for Trump the Gott of Wagner as the ending in which the universe, in which everybody now sees in that turning globe that descends onto the stage the hell of what we've produced. But that Gata Damerong shifts over to Offenbach's Can Can, and it's in that Can Can that we all dance our way off the stage. Uh, what I've done here is uh, what an actor frequently does. If he finds himself in that fantasy that is also nightmare on an empty stage, alone, having lost all his lines, having to improv some way to get off. <laughs> get off. Think of what Trump requires to get off. Think of the amount of hatred and rage and cruelty that is the culmination of every act in which His being achieves pleasure. And then say to yourself, how do I become the antithesis of that? Not antithesis in terms of some synthesis bullshit, which was never a way to read Hegel to begin with, but that's another story, and that's only for you few philosophers. Ha-ha! But a real other to that attempt to reduce all others to manifestations of your power. It seems to me that there are only two ways of the psyche, compassion and cruelty. Cruelty begins in identification with the aggressor. In Trump's case, the two parents are good examples, where the pain and hurt done to you becomes your attempt to do unto the other what was done unto you. The other alternative is to sustain... The suffering as the thing that creates compassion in you for the suffering of others. That's the much, most, much harder course for a psyche because it will only open you to further and further pain. But that, I want to suggest, is the only real humanism left to us. A humanism that really hurts. want to close with a thought which is about animals, which compassionate being knows we share our planet with. All the evil that we do unto them seems to be based on the notion that we are fundamentally different. Not in our power and our cruelty, but we're fundamentally different because when an animal dies they're dead they're gone nothing nada but when we die oh yeah we're immortal we go to heaven we got somebody up there who's not spinoza's god supremely indifferent as he must be in order to be god but someone who loves us and is lonely for us and wants us forever so it's it's not language or reason. It's religion that gives us that fundamental difference that enables us to do unto animals the things we do unto them. And so I joined Coetzee in saying that, yes, what we do to animals on this planet is a genocide. Uh, and one that cannot be justified because once you get rid of God and, folks, there really is no basis for sustaining a belief in God and an afterlife except the grossest sentimentality. Once you get rid of God, and here's one way to get rid of him, what Sadayana said, there is no God and Mary is his mother. That second one, the psychological need, is the thing you got to get rid of. And once you do, you have removed the only thing that separates you from the animals so that their death and your death are the same And you have no right to to do to them what you do. And so I end with saying this has been for you, Lenny. I want to thank Vanessa Sinclair for giving me this opportunity. It's my second uh, interview for her. We couldn't do it another way because my Skype is all confused. I am a technophobe, uh, a Luddite. Farewell.
0: Thank you for listening to Rendering Unconscious. You've just heard a discussion by Walter Davis, Professor Emeritus at Ohio State University. For more, you can listen to my previous interview with Dr. Davis, Rendering Unconscious, episode number 19. As always, links to everything can be found in the text accompanying this episode. If you enjoy Rendering Unconscious podcasts, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating so that we can reach more listeners. Consider joining our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Vanessa23Carl. Rendering Unconscious is also a book. Rendering Unconscious Psychoanalytic Perspectives, Politics, and Poetry from Chapart Books 2019. For more, please visit our publisher's website. Trapart.net That's T-R-A-P-A-R-T.net. net Are you doing the work angelic to me that we Fests itself will and the we can thus deeply with us, even at one the alarm of the eye, and find at we once as the caption historically general formula. The over acknowledged the at the walls of, as earlier, a disease is ultimately about the uniting of consciousness, merged together outside of the body. As conscious fragments, perhaps consciousness can also be, I don't know what. On to explain that by doing this, they hope to rather than be allowed from the consciousness. Blood in it. Thinking non representation to veil. Hard process. Love and consider this in relation to the concept. What you're, but I know as as brought to the fore many would be similar scenario in his break that i wish delineates the theory of the drives at this point power for example develops his theory further along the lie went concept of the death drive to his theory of libido the favorite song in the world that sexuality is not to get enough of it their content the product preservation of the species it shows further the founded seem to take place between sexuality individual is the principle onto sexuality is true self one of its needs while nature them out for is situated appendage to the quasi immortal germ old generation polymorphous an article the length two songs in a experience as well the experience and are perhaps this is yet nature and wondrous congratulations